Time with your host, Coach Danielle McCartney. You can follow her work on Twitter at Coach McCartney. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Hello, everybody. WRPR 90.3 FM Mawa and also listening online at ramapo.edu, WRPR.com or whatever it is. Uh, it's a beautiful day. Drove with the top down here to the beautiful Rampo College. Uh, let me adjust my mic levels here. Uh, yeah, top down, 65 degrees, 70 degrees, sunny, sunshine. We are in for a very good day. It's been a great weekend. Um, and we got I got a lot of stuff for you today. Andy is uh, apparently he's on his way. I don't know. Something happened. Apparently he has good news too. I don't know if that's supposed to be on air or not on air, but we will find out, I'm sure. Uh, today I got a lot for you. Uh, NFL draft. Talk a little bit about that across the NFL. Uh, next we'll have uh, Prince. I'm uh, going to pay some respects to Prince. Uh, he is not many people know he is very much into sports or was into sports so we'll, we'll dissect that a little bit then we got Mets news and a live update of the score the Mets first pitch is in about three minutes Yankees started about a half an hour ago and we'll do Yankees news live update of the Yankees news and Andy uh, we'll close it out with his MMA bit uh, today's a little bit special because uh, because of the NFL draft I was able to get input from a lot of different NF current and former NFL players uh, and get their draft stories. We have everybody from Sean Lissamore, who he plays on the Chargers now. I went to middle school and high school with Sean. All the way up to uh, Jason McCourty. He plays on the Tennessee Titans right now. And we have some uh, some other guys. So that would be cool. So there will be like little intermittent in between the segments. I'll uh, pop on some of those. So um. That's it. So let's get started. So the NFL draft is happening. It's happening in four days. So obviously there's a lot of speculation uh, uh, with the NFL draft. It's a huge, huge, huge thing in football. Um, Probably the most anticipated draft among all of the four major sports, definitely. Kids have been recruited. And you'll hear some of the guys tell you in a little while, you've been recruited. You've Formed. You've done. You've gone to the combine, which we also outlined on here, and talked to. Uh, I think we talked to Stephen Langa, Rutgers linebacker, about that. Um, the, just the whole process, the mental, the physical, it all is accumulating now in this upcoming weekend. The NFL draft is going to be live from Chicago. I wish it was still in New York. Uh, I used to go when it was in New York, and um, I wish they would bring it back because I, I that was so fun to go to. Um, I was actually there when the Jets drafted Geno Smith, and I was booing from the mezzanine level of Radio City. And uh, my opinion hasn't changed since. Um, so the projected number one overall pick will should be uh, quarterback Carson Wentz. Uh, the Rams, I believe, have the first choice. The Eagles just traded up in a blockbuster trade. They now have the second choice. Um, and the Rams actually never, didn't have first pick. They actually traded with the Titans to get the first pick. So the draft board order goes Titans number one, followed by the Eagles at number two. Scouts are in love with this guy. His name is Carson Wentz. Scouts are in love with him. They call him, and I'm going to quote this, he's a genius, off the charts, big, athletic, has a cannon, smart, great kid, tough. That's the end quote there. Absolutely, the scouts are enamored with him. So um, he would be, if he goes to the Eagles, he would be the fourth quarterback on the Eagles roster. 
Eagles are all screwed up. They're just as screwed up as the Jets. They may put, um, who's the starter now, quarterback Sam Bradford, Bradford, he might be up on the trading block. And they just got him last month. So the Eagles, if they do grab Carson Wentz with the second overall pick, they're in trouble. They they have a lot of shuffling around to do down there in Philadelphia. And um, I don't know what's going to happen down there. I think all of the quarterbacks, I think all Eagles fans will, would agree with me that all of the quarterbacks down there are mediocre at best. So you know what? Maybe they should go with the younger guy and uh, and see what happens. Trade for trade for some defense with the quarterback Sam Bradford. You never know. Sam Bradford might be a Jet. Uh, the Rams are pretty settled in their quarterback position, so th- this is going to be interesting. Uh, my Jets wish list. Uh, the Jets this year have six picks in the draft. Uh, in the first round, they are twentieth overall. And, and for those of you don't, that do not know, basically what happens is how the NFL draft is, is sorted and what number pick you are overall, whatever gets uh, determined by your record from last year. So the worst teams out of the 32 teams in the league, they are first pick, try to bolster their lineups. And then uh, the better you are, the later you are in, in the in the, in the draft. So the Jets are 20th overall, 20th out of the 32 teams. My wish for them, I wish that they stay away from the quarterbacks. I, I do not need another quarterback in New York for the Jets. I, I wrote on, on the Jet Press, you guys can follow me on there, that the Jets are, are, do not need any more turnover at the quarterback position. Starting from, uh, let's see, Chad Pennington was the last, I guess, stable quarterback they had. Since then, the Jets have gone through, just off the top of my head, the Jets have gone through, well, obviously Chad Pennington. Then they've utilized Mark Sanchez. Mark Brunel, I think he was before him, Brett Favre, Tim Tebow, Geno Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's eight eight quarterbacks in, in, since 2006, I think, when Paddington retired. I just don't want another quarterback here in New York, especially a young guy. Bring in somebody with experience to work with the, the offense. We've got experience all around. Please, New York Jets, do not, do not pick a quarterback in this draft. So, I'm actually pulling for. He's uh, pretty unknown, actually. The other, co- the other, the other coveted guy is Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott. He's a running back. Uh, he's got electric stuff, apparently. I also don't. I want the Jets to stay away from him too. We just traded for uh, Matt Forte in the off season. He's going to be amazing. Uh, we got them him from the Bears. Um, we also have Bilal Powell, another young guy, inexpensive. So please stay away from Ezekiel Elliott too, New York Jets. We don't need him. My choice for the New York Jets, 20th overall in the first round, should be Darren Lee. He's an outside linebacker from Ohio State. Not much really has been talked about this guy. However, I looked him up, doing a little research on him. He ran a 4.47 40-yard dash. He's a linebacker. Now, that doesn't seem too impressive because who actually has a context of how fast you can run a 40-yard dash on yourself, but that was the same exact time as the top-rated running back, Ezekiel Elliott. So that just goes to show you how fast this guy is, and the Jets need speed on the edge. We have not had it in a while. Um, We have a great defensive line. However, there's nobody to rush the quarterback. There's nobody to flush the quarterback out of the pocket and, and force him to make errors. So... By having Darren Lee there, the Jets are just only going to get better on defense. And the Jets, because of the lack of speed, 
they released Demario Davis, who I actually liked, and he's been getting a bad rap. But Demario Davis has now gone to Cleveland because apparently he didn't have enough speed. So this guy would be a perfect fit into the defensive scheme and the defensive uh, pattern of the New York Jets. So Jets, if you're listening, scouts, this is what I want. I've studied the Jets a long time, and this is what I want as a Jet fan, um, as a potential journalist and, and a writer and, and this and that. So Darren Lee should be in Jets green in the first round. Um, so we'll uh, interrupt this with a draft state draft day story. First up, I had to put him first, Sean Lissamore. He's uh, drafted. He was drafted in the seventh round of the 2010 draft by the Dallas Cowboys. Currently, he is a defensive lineman for the San Diego Chargers. Um, Sean, I went to school with Sean, middle school, um, high school, was in band with him. I also was in Algebra 2 class with him, and I sat behind him, actually. I couldn't really see the board, so I had to kind of look around him at, at times. So, uh, Sean, he's just a smart kid. He's a great guy, and uh, I'm very proud of watching him on TV. Every time he's on TV, I'm very proud. The town of Dumont, very town, very small town of Dumont, every time he's on the national stage especially. We're very proud to watch him. So here is Sean Lissamore's draft story. Sean Lissamore, Dumont native, William & Mary graduate. Such an honor to have you on here. What is your draft story? My draft story is uh, it was a very, very long process. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with the process, it starts pretty much right after your season ends and you're training for your pro day. You're training for uh, all-star games and uh, you don't stop training until you know your pro day or your combine or that last all-star game. And then you still have to train after that to stay in shape uh, when, when draft day comes around. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I was, I was hoping to be a, uh, a late round prospect. And uh, that's a, it's a pretty tough deal because you gotta sit there for um, a few days and just watch the screen and wait for a call. And uh, when those last couple rounds come around, you're, uh, every every text message you get from a friend or <laughs> call from a friend, you know, you think it might be uh, a team calling. And, uh, you know, it just, just so happened that uh, one call was from Dallas. Um, it was, uh, you know, Jerry Jones. And he told me that they put my card in and they're going to draft me 234 in the seventh round. And, uh, yeah, it was a pretty exciting day. Um, Definitely on edge the entire day, but uh, when it happened, uh, it was a relief. My whole family was excited. I was excited. And uh, from that point on, uh, it was just kind of a whirlwind. I mean, I finished up school, and then literally the day after I graduated, I was on a plane to Dallas. Wow. So, it, yeah, it was a pretty intense experience. Uh, you know, so I, I kind of feel bad for the guys who are going through it because it's so stressful. I mean, everything, everything is just uh, really, really stressful. And it, it happens so fast that you almost don't have time to enjoy it. Yeah. So, but uh, it's an interesting process, though. So when you were actually when you got the phone call, were you with your family? I know you guys are real tight. Yeah, yeah. I was in uh, I was in Dumont. Mm-hmm. I was at my house, and uh, you know, I was just sitting there with my family, and I was kind of going through the defensive ends, and defensive tackles in my head mm-hmm. uh, that, that were getting called and taken off the board. And yeah, uh, in the seventh round, I was looking at different teams that I talked to and had contact with and said, you know, maybe they're going to be cool or maybe this team's going to reach out to me. And uh, interestingly interestingly enough, Dallas actually hadn't reached out to me at all. 
Yeah, and now, Sean, we're deep in Giants. We'll say Jets, really. I'm a Jet fan, but we're deep in Giants territory here, NFC East. You got drafted by the Cowboys. What was the reaction among your friends, family, and just everybody around here that you were now playing for the enemy? Yeah. Well, I definitely had to eat my words with some of my friends. <laughs> uh, I, I grew up with uh, you know, a bunch of friends that were Cowboys fans. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, would, I was a big-time Giants fan growing up. Uh, Will Lawrence Taylor's number through high school. Yeah, I know. Um, so it, it was one of those things where, you know, at first it was kind of, it, it was funny. And, you know, <laughs> calling those guys up and, like I said, eating my word about that. About that. <laughs> by Dallas was, uh, it was funny. But, you know, then at that, yeah, jeez, I, I was just so excited to be part of that organization. It's a yeah. world-class organization. And obviously, uh, you know, playing there for, for that team. I mean, that, in that stadium, uh, NFC East, get an opportunity to play against the Giants. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just uh, it was really a dream come true. So, I mean, for a little while there, it was kind of a running joke that I got drafted by him, but <laughs> you know, it, it was still an awesome opportunity. You know? now, now, Jerry Jones is one of the, the most prominent owners. How did that conversation go? Was it short and sweet, or what did he say to you to welcome you to Dallas? Well, you know what? It, it, was, it was short and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I was so, I, I kind of blacked out when I I think they they had like a copy of it online or they played on the website and I listened to it. And when I when I heard it again, I I don't really remember it. All I remember was, "Hey Sean, we're gonna put your card in," and that was it. It was uh, it was pretty pretty short and sweet. I don't think they they played my side of the call because I don't even remember what I said. But uh, it was uh, it was pretty cool. So yeah, that was definitely a a big surprise to get uh, to get that call from him, especially. Yeah, and Sean, we grew up in, in Dumont, New Jersey, very small town. You're now an NFL vet. What does that mean to you? It means a lot of things. Uh, you know, it's, it's a tough road to get to where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are pretty familiar with the stats. On what it's like to get to the NFL is like five or six percent of high school players make it to, to play college ball, and then of those players, one percent. Get to play in the NFL, and then the average career is something like three point one, three point two years, depending on what study you look at. So, and you've you know, defied all of that. Well, it's just you know, it's a, it's a very humbling stat to look at, and uh, you know, I'm just I'm proud to be where I'm at, and you know, I got uh, I got plenty more goals that I want to accomplish during my career. So, uh, you know, you kind of look at it, and you're like, oh, that's, that's great, I did that, but there's still a lot ahead for me that I that I want to accomplish. So that's kind of the way I look at it. And then, Sean, you come back every uh, every summer to do your Sean Lissamore, uh I forget the name of it, Sean Lissamore Pro Camp, is it? Yeah, Sean Lissamore Football Camp. Football Camp. Okay, so I think you told me earlier that you guys nailed down a date. Could you talk a little bit more about that, the coming one for this year? Yeah, we're shooting for June 26th, and uh, this will actually be the fifth year. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a fun camp. Uh, it's free of charge for Vermont residents. You get a lot of junior football kids out, high school kids out. It's a good mix of, um, of everyone. And uh, generally, I get at least one other NFL or ex NFL player out uh, just to talk to kids. So they don't get the same voice every year. <laughs> and uh, it's a good time. I mean, uh, Coach Evans, the coach at uh, DHS, he kind of helps run the whole thing. And uh, we do offense, defense. We have like, a lot of games towards the end, contests, all sorts of stuff, and uh, it's been a great success. We got a little bit of, little bit of rain last year, and we still had a decent turnout, yeah. so hopefully, hopefully the weather holds up this year, and we'll get even 
right. So Sean, you are, you know, Sean's now with the San Diego Chargers. Um, I watch you every time you're on TV, Sean. Thank you. And uh, so I wish you the best of luck for this, you know, upcoming season. And uh, hopefully you bring home a Super Bowl one of these years. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, the, definitely the goal at this point. I'd love to, love to get a championship. I haven't won a championship in 24 years of playing football. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, something, it's something that uh, I'd definitely love to get. And, uh, uh, yeah, hopefully this is the year. Yeah, well, we're really pulling for you, Sean. Thank you for, uh, for taking yeah. the time out. So uh, that's Sean Lissamore. He's such a great guy. Uh, and next I have up for you, I had interviewed Mike Teal a while ago. Uh, Mike Teal is, he went in the sixth round of the 2009 draft by the uh, the Seattle Seahawks. So let me play that for you here. He was out of Rutgers. He graduated out of Rutgers. And Sean was out of William & Mary down in Virginia. And uh, this is Mike Teal's draft story. Right. I don't think it's realistic. Rutgers quarterback Mike Teal's draft day story. You were drafted by the Seahawks in the sixth round of the 2009 draft. Could you just take me through the NFL draft experience? When did the phone ring? Who were you with? Did you guys have a party? Oh, I got a great story. <laughs> so, um, speaking with my agents and going through the workouts, we knew that I wasn't going to take on the, on the first day. Back then, it was only two days, or right. three days. So. I knew the first day was out of question. Um, the second day, at Sunday, I had scheduled to play golf with my cousins, uh, two of my cousins and one of my friends. So we were out on the golf course playing golf and uh, trying to keep really my mind off of watching, <laughs> watching it and watching the phone because yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So we, uh, we played an early round of golf. We had actually uh, just finished up. We were walking off the course, and I got a, a phone call from a uh, from Seattle number, from a, a 206 area code number, which is the area code out there. Uh-huh. I went to I went to answer it, and I hung up on it by uh-huh. asking the, the, uh, the, the whatever, you know. Decline button, button, yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and I knew that that was Seattle, and I knew that this was kind of the time that they had told me early on if they didn't take the quarterback in the first or second round, they were going to take one late. So I was like, man, like, this might be it. I think I just screwed it up. So they ended up calling my parents' house. Um, I tried to call one of the coaches back, and I couldn't get them. And like I said, I tried to reach back out to me, but my phone went right to voicemail because I was trying to get a hold of that. Oh, my God. So, so ultimately, it came across the screen, and my parents knew before I <laughs> And I started getting text messages. My phone started going crazy. And mm-hmm. then about three minutes later, I got a, a call from uh, coach Mora and uh, Tim Russell, who was the GM, and then ultimately the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator, and you know they told me that they were taking me, you know, with their draft pick. So I ended up hanging up on the team that drafted me. So that's my story. Yeah, that's a cool story. <laughs> I feel that's kind of bad. I feel bad for that, but uh, I also went to um, college. I mean, I went to high school and middle school with uh, Mike Teal's cousin Thomas Teal, and uh, Thomas and Sean actually played on the same football team i was in marching band watching him from the stands and uh sean made it to the nfl and um thomas he didn't actually he went to villanova and then i'm not really sure what happened after that so um there's sean drafted by the cowboys now with the chargers and that was mike teal uh former seattle seahawk quarterback so that's that um next up we are going to get to obviously prince died this past week he passed away um, causes are still unknown. 
causes are still unknown of his death. And um, no one really knows, and I figured that I'd do a sports story, that no one really knows that Prince actually was, was very heavily involved in sports, both in p- actually playing them and in, in supporting them. So Prince actually was a former high school basketball player. Um, he used to play in heels, apparently, according to reports. Um, yeah, play basketball in heels. I, you know, I can't even do that. Um, but he used to sneak into the gym to practice at nighttime. And, um, and, and that was according to his coach. And his coach, Al Nunes, at uh, Minneapolis Central High School, said uh, he was, uh, I really believe that basketball was his first love. He was very small, but he was quick. He could handle the ball, and he could penetrate, and he could dish the ball. Um, <laughs> that's kind of hard to believe. Prince is, is very small, um, but he's quick, I guess. So he actually was a, a basketball player in high school. Um, he's heavily supportive of sports. Yeah, obviously, um, he picked up the guitar instead and went went the music route. But um, since then, he's been very, very, very heavily supportive of sports, particularly in his mi- uh, home state of Minnesota. Um, and Prince actually lived there until well, the day he died. Um, he was very supportive of, I'll play this, of the Minnesota Vikings. He actually wrote this fight song for the Vikings. So he was actually at their 2009 playoff victory, and he was inspired. And he went home and he wrote this song. So I, I believe they still play this at uh, Vikings games. And the Vikings said in a statement that, quote, Prince was an incredible representative of Minnesota who helped put Minneapolis-St. Paul on the map. He was a brilliant performer and an even better person. We will forever be proud and grateful that he considered himself a Vikings fan. And now... Um, heading over to baseball, the baseball side, Minnesota Twins. Um, people don't know this, but every time the Twins hit a home run, this song plays. Specifically that part. So uh, the Twins actually had the whole stadium, all the LED boards in the stadium, purple, you know, the color of Prince. And on the main board, um, before their game, they played the Brewers on Thursday night. And on the main board that night at Target Field, they had an, a message, and it said, Good night, sweet Prince. And finally, some of you may remember um, Prince performed at halftime in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl forty-one. In 2006, Bears versus Colts in Miami. Um, it was a downpour, absolute downpour. And uh, it was a 13-minute performance. Um, and I'm gonna. I, I looked through it and I picked out the uh, the Purple Rain section of this. And this is at the 2007 or 2006. I'm sorry, Super Bowl 41, Bears versus Colts in Miami game. I want to one time see you laughing, babe. 
And that's Prince live at the Super Bowl 41, yeah, live from Miami. Oh, it was pretty cool, and I'm watching this on YouTube as I'm talking here. He's singing Purple Rain. The stage is all purple. The crowd is purple, and it's pouring. It's pouring purple rain. So uh, rest in peace to uh, Prince. And uh, a legend is another legend is gone. So a quick uh, Mets update. The Mets are. Let's see. The Mets are playing now. They are playing the Braves. Uh, rival, NL rival Braves. They are up in the top of the second. It is one nothing, one nothing. Mets, two outs. Bases are empty. Um, Conforto hit a foul. How'd they score? Okay, so Garrett, uh, Conforto, Michael Conforto hit a foul ball. Sacrifice fly to left. Granderson tagged up and scored. So that's, that's their one run there for the Mets. Uh, now, Terry Collins was actually... Involved in an accident over uh, on Thursday night over in Atlanta. Um, he uh, apparently they were he was in a taxi and, and a truck stopped short in the middle of the road. The taxi he was riding and rammed into the back of it. Uh, after a couple scrapes and bruises, his face hit the partition between the front and the back seats. Um, he walked. He got out of the cab and he, he walked the rest of the way two blocks to his hotel. So. Um, he's been managing ever since, so apparently Ter- Terry Collins is fine after a, a scare in in a taxi ride. So, and then uh, next on Mets news, Jacob Degrom is scheduled or is starting today's game. Um, he's on my fantasy team, so go Jacob Degrom. Um, and uh, as we have been reporting on here, that his baby's health scare is is now pretty much over. Um, he spoke with ESPN reporters about that here. It's a little low. I'll, pu- I'll pump it up as, ha- as loud as I can make it. But here's Jacob DeGrom talking about his baby's uh, scare in the hospital down in Florida. serious 
uh, we were pretty relieved. But at first, you know, it was a it was a scary time. I know you kept throwing when you were down there and dealing with this. How difficult was that to kind of stay doing both of those things? Um, yeah, it was difficult. You know, it was tough to leave knowing that uh, Stacy was going to be in there and having to having to keep going up there with him. And um, but I knew I had to go get some work done. And I think it was actually at times a little bit to get my mind off of things, you know, and get away for a little bit. And I think that helped me out because, you know, it's not fun being in the hospital for a week. Yeah, so we're, we're very happy that everything's working out for him, especially since he's on my fantasy team. Let's go, Jacob deGrom. Um, other Mets news, big Mets news, also on my fantasy team, which I'm in last place. I don't know how, but um, Curtis Granderson hit his first Grand Slam as a Met Friday night in Atlanta, the second inning. And here is the call from SNY. And Curtis drills one deep right field. Back toward the corner. It's out of here! Grand slam, Curtis Granderson! And the Mets take full advantage of the air. Granderson goes deep. And the Mets have a 4-0 lead. So uh, right field... He, uh, you know, Curtis Granderson, uh, the Mets went on to win that game, by the way. Um, He's on my fantasy team, and I'm very, very, very happy. He was traded from the Yankees to the Mets. That home run was in right field. It was the short uh, at Yankee Stadium. That would be the short porch of Yankee Stadium. I wish he was never traded from the Yankees. He was a great fit in the Bronx for us, and uh, now he's playing in, in Queens. So, Curtis Granderson, I'm still rooting for you. Mets, I guess I am too, but... um. That's the big news out of the Mets from this past week, um, up to and including the live score of today's game. Uh, so now let's go break a little bit and let's go to uh, identify our station. Uh, we have to do at the top of the hour every hour. So we are 90.3 FM Mawa, streaming online, wrprrampo.edu. And um, so let's go to Brian Leonard. His draft story, Brian Leonard, uh, he was... This chosen in the second round of the 2007 draft by the St. Louis Rams. Uh, Rutgers grad, also played with Mike Teal. And uh, here he is. I could that at home. I really feel like I accomplished something. Yeah, and do you, you were drafted by the Rams. Do you have, like, a cool draft story? Uh, it was a big party at the house. We had a big party in the garage. And uh, it, was, it was when they did the first three rounds in, in, uh, on Saturday. So I think the draft started around 12 o'clock. And eight hours later, I got drafted in the second round. It was the longest day of my life. But it was the best day of my life. And uh, I remember my parents just, just redid their entire garage. And when I walked back in the garage, my buddy had a bottle of champagne, popped champagne, and squirted champagne all over my, my parents' brand new garage. So, uh, you probably appreciated that, I'm yeah. sure. But it, um, it was worth it. It was a lot of fun. You were traded to the Bengals and featured on HBO Hard Knocks, and it was... Okay, that was, uh, that was Brian Leonard, chosen in 2007 by the St. Louis Rams. Actually, we'll, we'll double up here. We have... Um, this is an interview I did with Jason McCordy. He was selected in the sixth round, which is the second day of the 2009 draft by the Tennessee Titans. He is now defensive captain, a safety. Uh, no, I think he's a defensive back for the Tennessee Titans. He's defensive captain. Um, great guy. He's also another great guy, also out of Rutgers. And uh, here he is. 
the 203rd pick of the draft, so my draft story consists of a lot of waiting around. So, uh, you know, but it was a blessing, you know, to be drafted in itself. It's an awesome experience, well. but at the same time, I knew for myself that I had to go out there and make the team. Nothing was going to be handed to me, so uh, a day that I'll always remember. It was a blessing, but also a day that kind of uh, threw a chip on my shoulder and uh, gave me motivation to work to go out there and make the team and prove some people wrong. And prove some people wrong. He did. Uh, obviously, defensive captain of the Tennessee Titans. Um, Andy. Andy is here. He finally, he made it. Uh, what is it? Are you Mike 2 or Mike 3? I can never remember. Mike 2. 2. Hello. Is that you? Is this me? Okay, Andy. He this is, is here. I made it. You made One it. piece. <laughs> is everything all right? Everything's all right. Yeah. All right, good, because I had Conor McGregor news that I needed you to dissect for, okay. for, the, for the people. Let's get it done. Okay, so uh, just uh, let's get to Yankees news. We have a couple things with the Yankees. Very rare play. Um, this I was watching this live, and this was, like, awesome. Jacoby Ellsbury, um, who's been struggling as of late, especially on the base paths, um, he was getting some tips from A-Rod this spring training. So I hope A-Rod helped him out here. But Jacoby Ellsbury stole home. On Friday night. And let me tell you this. I've done this once before. Is that a big deal? Once in my life, yes. This does not happen. The last time the Yankees did this actually was in 2001. It's been that long since somebody's yes. stolen home? For the Yankees, yeah. Wow. Derek Jeter did it versus the Orioles in 2001, and it hasn't happened since until last night. The guy from Major League used to do it like every game. Oh, my God. Here you go with these references <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, but Jacoby, first of all, I did this. Um, I was in a summer league game. And playing softball, and what you're supposed to do is actually the the third base coach is trying is supposed to you know watch the throwback if it's you know very routine very routine if the catcher and or pitcher is not paying attention boom you should do it you got some speed on the base path you got a nice lead you should do it and I and I, I did it once and it was like I'm I'm running and I'm like ten feet fifteen feet from home plate nobody else is moving on the field nobody's even watching me and I get fifteen feet from home plate and I'm like oh my god am I doing something wrong obviously not. Went home and scored. And uh, here's the call. Uh, this is, I believe, Michael Kay on the call, or maybe it was Ken Singleton. I can't remember which one it is. But this is from the Yes Network. And this is the call of Jacoby Ellsbury stealing home. Runner goes. Slide. Save. He stole home. Ellsbury steals home to tie the game. So that was in the uh, bottom of the fifth inning. He ties the game up versus the Tampa Bay Rays, which are, I believe they are still in first place in the AL, AL East. I mean, that's an exciting play. That is an exciting play. Actually, the the tag, they had they reviewed it. That was Michael Kay on the call, by the way, with Paul O'Neill. Um, he was home so fast, he almost beat the ball back to home plate. And Brett Gardner, who was at bat, couldn't even get out of the way fast enough to let him get in there and slide safely. So this guy's quick. He's fast. And that was that was such an exciting play to watch online on TV. It almost I don't know, to me it almost seemed like the the cameraman kind of knew it was happening. If you if you see the play, if you go online and google it, this is from mlb.com and it's called Ellsbury steals home. If you go on and you see I thought it was kind of weird because as I'm watching the game Friday night, the camera kind of panned to like the third base coach's view and stayed there for a while and he was going a little bit a little bit a little bit and all of a sudden he broke he broke and he went home and then the camera angle obviously changed but that's a weird camera angle they don't normally have it like that 
and then to see him steal home, I don't know, maybe they were tipped off a little bit, but who cares? He scored, they were saved, the Yankees went on to win that game. I believe the final score was 4-3, to three, I think. So uh, Yankees are a little bit on a roll. Actually, Aaron Hicks, who is um, a rising star in the Yankees organization, he, uh, most notably this week, he played left field, threw a guy out, and they clocked his throw at 105 miles an hour. Um, and that's, like, insane. 105? So, from the outfield. What's the record? That is the new record. 105 miles an hour. Wait, pitching or from the outfield? From the outfield, throwing in. Whoa. Yeah. Guy's got a gun. He's got an arm. And also, I think the next night, there was a foul ball at Yankee Stadium down the left field line going into the stands. This guy literally climbs the the wall. Uh, the wall is about, at that point in the stadium, is probably about seven feet high. He literally climbed the wall, reached over, grabbed the ball, and it was an out. I mean, this guy is the real deal. But bad news for him, Friday night, he, uh, he injured his arm, his throwing arm. He's out four to five days. Um, he's actually he was diving for a ball. He wasn't even throwing it. Yeah. Uh, Don't a lot of guys get messed up like that? Don't a lot of guys mess their wrists up when they catch a ball? Their wrist like catches under because of the glove. Yep. Yep. Knees. So uh, his arm is injured. He's out at least four to five days. Well, now it's uh, that was Friday night, so now it's Sunday. So he's out two to what, three more days. Um, in my opinion, it could be worse than the Yankees are letting on to. Um, Girardi, Joe Girardi, manager Joe Girardi called it traumatic bursitis. Um, I'm not really sure. I think uh, he needs to take his rest. The Yankees, today they're playing the 16th or 17th game of the season. Take the rest now as we discuss this. Mm. Don't play injured. He's a big. He's going to be an important part of the Yankees going down the stretch to the playoffs. Especially so. if, it's just, if it's just not injured, if it's just hurt. Yeah. It, you save yourself for the rest of the season. If you play hurt, you end up being injured. Yeah, exactly. So I, I hope the Yankees are smart with him. He's, he's a big asset. But this could open the door for guys like Nick Swisher. Um, who was a former Yankee. They signed him to a minor league contract. I'm not really a fan. He's beloved here in New York, but I'm not really a fan of Nick Swisher. But that could be – he could be called up. Aaron Judge, who I've been waiting for. Aaron Judge, Andy, he's 6'7". He's like 300 pounds. He's an, he's another Yankee outfielder in the minor leagues. He's 300 pounds? Yeah, 6'7". So hopefully Aaron Judge will be called up very soon um, from Scranton. The Scranton shuttle. Board the Scranton shuttle d- bound for – the Bronx, but if not, Aaron Hicks, uh, hope you feel better because you're a you're a major part to the Yankees organization. And uh, Andy, did you know? Have you did you see on Twitter um, and Facebook? People were there at MetLife Stadium last night. There was the Monster Jam with the trucks. Monster Jam with the trucks. Yeah, they 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 t- brought in four thousand tons of dirt to MetLife Stadium, and they made, like, this whole track. And no, I had the, no idea. Oh, yeah, the cars are, like, 20 feet high by like 20 feet wide. monster trucks? Yeah, monster okay. trucks. They had the home uh, – they called it Monster Jam last night. Oh, and it was, like, Grave Digger and all those Grave Digger was there, yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Um, and we actually saw them on the Jersey Shore one time. We were on the boardwalk. Really? Yeah, they were set up a whole course. That's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. But last night – so last night it was at MetLife Stadium here in East Rutherford, and a couple Jets checked it out, and uh, most notably um, Brett Gardner – after hitting the game-winning home run in yesterday's game, being doused in Gatorade shower, him and Chase Ed- Headley, who's not very productive and not very well-liked here in New York, they actually headed up. They crossed the mighty Hudson, and they uh, they made it out to Monster Jam, and they took a, a photo. It's like a red carpet-like photo with some of the Jets there. So that's the Yankees in the community branching out a little bit. And, uh, okay, so let's uh, let me leave you now with... An interview that I did with Eric Coleman, 
Eric Coleman was a fifth-round pick in the 2004 draft by the New York Jets. Our, my, New York Jets. I'm wearing a Jets hat now, and I actually have Jets shorts on. Um, and this is him telling his draft story. And um, I, I think it's, it's a wonderful way to grow up as a young man. So take me back to draft day, 2004, was it, right? Yeah, fifth round. What's your draft story with the Jets? Oh, my draft story. I was, I was at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at my, actually at my grandmother's house by myself. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be around anyone. I was too nervous. <laughs> um, the draft was on ESPN, and once they went to the fifth round, yeah. they turned to ESPN too. My yeah. didn't have ESPN oh too. no! So I was, I was kind of like, I was going back and forth, walking around nervous, and I finally got a call from a, a five-one-six area code. Yeah. I didn't know what it was, but they told me it was the Jets, and they were going to draft me. And uh, you know, it was just one of the best times of my life. That's of, cool. It was really a blessing. Yeah, that's a cool story. So, and that was uh, Eric Coleman, and he's a great guy too. He actually is a. Is a personality on SNY. Uh, he's the, that's the net the, the Jets and the Mets network here in New York. Um, okay, Andy, so Conor McGregor. I saw some tweets. Okay, uh, people, tell me what you heard, okay, and I'll tell you what I heard. I heard two, th- two different things. People, first of all, this was like the number one trending topic on Twitter for like a while, a couple days, actually. Conor McGregor, one of the stars of the UFC, tweeted, I believe it was a photo that said, what did it say? I'm hanging this stuff up now or something like that. I'm going to retire young basically and it said thanks for the cheese. Right. Exactly. That's what it said and it was a photo I believe, right? Or no? Uh, Probably a photo of him. Okay. So then everybody everybody's freaking out. Everybody uh, everywhere is freaking out. Online people are, professional athletes are paying their respects to Conor McGregor and this and that. Late and then Or talking-ish. Or that. Yeah. Late in the week it comes out that not so fast he may not be retiring. So, Andy, I figured we would save this for you. Yeah. Is he gone or is he still in? No. I don't think he's gone at all. Because here's what happened, what they basically figured out. The UFC, when you are the headliner of a fight, especially a card like UFC 200, I mean, UFC 100 was the all-time pay-per-view buys and all that. So, UFC 200 is a big staple in, you know, in their promotion. So, what they do is when, when you're going to fight, uh, on a card, you have to do a press tour. So basically, you go around every city that they're promoting in, and you have to promote the fight. You do interviews and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it, depending on how big the card is, they usually do. It will depend on how much press obligation you have to do. So, and it's very strenuous because this is during your training camp. Mm-hmm. So, Connor's training over in overseas. So, it's one of those things where they want they had they set up this crazy press tour to like promote the hell out of this uh out of the UFC 200. So basically he was like no, I'm not doing this crazy press stuff because he has to fly all the way back to the United States and you know, miss his training camp and it's just a lot of stress, you know, you get the flight and all that stuff. So he basically said no and then he was I I'm assuming he said I want more money. So they were like, no, he wanted, I think he wanted $10 million. How does that translate, though? I guess the stress of the whole travel situation, he just wanted to be compensated for well, it? Well, he's basically like, look, if I'm going to do all this stuff, like, you know, because they probably don't disclose how, like, the press tour beforehand. They probably just set it up, and it's whatever media obligation you have to go to it. And given the fight is a rematch of a fight that he lost, he probably wants to come in the best that he can come in, and he doesn't want to have as as little distractions as he can. And also, he he pretty much knows he's the biggest draw in the UFC, so he's got a little bit of pull there. Mm-hmm. But one thing with the UFC is that you know they they're not afraid to like kind of like bite back, so they basically told him no. 
in which he said, I'm going to retire. And then they pulled him from the UFC card. They actually mm. took him off because he didn't. He failed to meet press obligations. Now, part of the way the contract is written sometimes is you have – some guys have what's called uh, you know guaranteed money, which is basically like you get a flat rate. Whether you win or lose every fight, you get X amount of money. Somebody like Connor probably has an open contract where – they have to discuss it every time they fight. And it's basically, they probably didn't discuss what the money was yet, so it wasn't signed. Mm. So he probably said, well, it's an open contract. I'm just going to tell him I want more money. So, you know, given the fact that he's 27 years old, he's got to make, you know, he, he has the potential to make, be the richest UFC star in, in history. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's going to, they're going to play this little game. He's going to come back. I don't think he's going to be on the UFC 200 card. Um, I think that's all messed up now, but I, I highly doubt that that's the last we've seen of Connor. Um, at all, you know, I just I don't think that he can walk away from all that money. He's got enough money to retire, but the way that he lives now, you know, he's got like three Bentleys. Hmm. You know, so hmm. I don't think he's done at all. I agree with you. I don't think he's done either because, like you said, for all those reasons that you just said. Now I, w- I wanted to ask you because, like, part of we'll say like Super Bowl week. Part of Super Bowl week is that the players have to sit for. A, it's like, um, I forget the name of the day. It's like one day, two days, where they have to actually sit and do press conferences, like from they wake up till they go to sleep. Media day. It's a media day. Okay. So they don't get paid extra to do it. It's just part of their responsibility as a player in the Super Bowl. In the UFC, do they get paid extra to go on the circuits, or do is it it's required of them? I believe it's to? part of the contract. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if they're allowed to set up their own private stuff in the cities they go to, right. whether it be interviews or like they go to like a, a meet and greet, book signings. They might be able to do that, yeah. but the basically it's part of the deal. And obviously, you know, the higher up you are, popularity, and the higher up on the card you are, the more media obligation you're probably going to have. Yeah, probably. So you know, because usually when you do the panel, it's the main card. That's the main card is usually the the heaviest. Uh, you know, because those are the guys that people want to talk to. Right. So it is strenuous, especially for like a UFC 200 show. I'm sure they're they're like crazy, crazy with the media tours. And guys have been pulled before for not meeting media <coughs> meeting uh, press obligations in the past. They have been so. You know, I think it's a good thing that he's kind of – it's good and bad because it messes up the card, and now Nate Diaz doesn't have an opponent, and he's probably been pulled from the UFC 200, and nobody's going to be able to get to see that fight. But at the same time, it, you know, it gets more eyes on the sport, and, you know, uh, bad press is better than no press. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see who, who wins in this one. But he does have a lot of pull, and we'll see how much pull he has when this is all settled. Yeah, so what the NFL does, and this is this is Marshawn Lynch. He is this the one where he kept saying the same yeah, thing over and over again? This is the Super Bowl Media Day 2015. What the NFL does is so they um, the they fine the players, apparently. They don't they don't suspend them from the game. They fire them. Yeah. This is Marshawn Lynch from the Seattle Seahawks. Listen. So y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm going to answer with the same answer, so y'all can shoot if y'all please. I'm here so I won't get fined. Look at the amount of people around him, set. I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. Every answer. This is five minutes long. 
every answer he had was, I'm here so I don't get fun. You know, everyone probably looks at this and says, you know, this guy's a jerk or whatever. But at the same time, you don't know what kind of stress these guys go through. They just played a game or they're, or they're about to play a game. And, you know, sometimes they don't want to do it and whatnot. I, I kind of see both sides of it. What's changed over the past couple of years? <laughs> yeah. I like how he answers it with a different tone. <laughs> Every, Every time. time. Yeah. So apparently um, he's a very quiet guy. He's pretty reclusive. Yeah. I don't know. I know that's not the way to do it, I don't think. Come yeah, on. You're playing in the Super Bowl. It's your responsibility to do it. Yeah, but the – Man up. I, I, I agree with that as well. I, I see both sides of it because yeah. the thing I see with the Conor McGregor thing, it's – you know, he's training in a different country. Mm-hmm. His camp's in a different country. so That's different. You know, he, if you got to keep flying back, you know, you get the jet lag. You, you're not on the right schedule. Your yeah. sleep schedule's messed up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're training to go in there, and it's only on you. So, um, you know, with the football, uh, these guys are all in the United States. They're all, you know, three-hour differences is the most you're going to encounter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's sometimes it might be a little much. Uh, I understand they have to promote the, 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 the sport, but um, – and it's that's mainly because none of those none of those uh, uh, press conferences really get covered on TV. I'm sure if you have like uh, an online thing where like you pay for it extra, you can watch them. But it's basically the same thing over and over and over again. It's that you know you, you show up, they ask you questions, and you know some reporters ask different questions. But you know, really, you'll just see like the highlight cap of like. Yeah, so this is this is nothing that they can't do from from where he is they can't can't submit like mailbag you've seen it submit mailbag questions and he stands up there with a, a camera on his phone and and that's it i mean i don't know why they're, they're making it into such a huge deal yeah yeah they um the, the press conferences are crazy it, it's definitely a distraction but it it comes with the game you have to the, you know that's what you want and uh last night during the ufc um i don't know if you know uh the whole john jones thing what happened with him uh, when he got suspended a couple times for, you know, driving drunk and being caught with cocaine and, and mm. all that. Mm. But, you know, he's like, the you know, arguably the baddest guy on the planet. And after Daniel Cormier won, I don't think he's anywhere near as famous as, well, not not anywhere near, but he's definitely not as famous as John Jones. But he he said, and those two hate each other. They do not like each other. And John, uh, Daniel Cormier said, I sympathize more with, John's situation with being wrapped up in the like everything that's available to you when you're a champion and when you have that kind of pressure on you and mm-hmm. that everyone wants to be around you. He's like, I sympathize more. It's no, it's no excuse for what it's, what he did. He's like, but I definitely sympathize more with his actions after I won the championship belt. So it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Hey, my dad just texted me. He said he heard. I don't think you were here yet. He texted me a little while ago. He said, I heard, I just heard you on the radio on 208 and 287. Where, where, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Actually, I wanted to try this today, Andy. It's um, an app called Periscope. Okay. So let's let's initiate our broadcast feed. Are you ready? So what do we do here? Okay, swipe down to stop, double tap to flip camera. All right, Andy, you're on. We're live. I'm we're on, live here. I'm on right now. We have zero followers. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Oh, we got one person that joined us. Hi, is, AC is, Mania. This is cool. This is a face for radio. Yeah, look at him. Look at him. He's got huh. his protein shakes and everything. Yeah. This banana. <laughs> uh, this is Danielle McCartan. And let me flip my... Okay. All right. Okay. Hi, this is Danielle <laughs> McCartan. And this is... Andy Smith. Andy Smith. We are here at Rampo College. We are doing a radio show called 60 Minute Overtime. You could search us, hashtag 60, let's say, 60 
M I N O T people from hello from Bahrain. Bahrain. Where's Bahrain? Oh, it's not in the United States. Oh, I like how worldly we are. This is so cool. Yeah. I wish I spoke Bahrainese. But yeah, that's it. That's that's a good. <laughs> we have three people watching us now. Oh, really? I wish I could. All right, we're we're so, gonna get this up. Can and they run. send you messages on that? Yeah, yeah. Look, the Persian Gulf. I'm here from Leeds in the UK. Leeds in the UK. You Conor McGregor fan? Anybody Conor McGregor fans, UFC fans out there? Let's see. Send in some questions. Happy to this is cool. Yeah, we're listening. If you guys want to hear us live, we are listening. We are live on. If you go to Google, <laughs> Byron Easy, someone's laughing. <laughs> um, if you go on t- onto Google, you guys can t- type in WRPR, Rampo College, maybe might come up. Um, but WRPR, that's our live stream. Um, and uh, here we're just talking Mets, Yankees, Jets, Giants, Draft Day. Someone asked what we're up to. Mostly MMA. Mostly just, yeah, right we're now. Talking a lot of MMA. We're on to the MMA segment. Andy's yeah, MMA. Let's forget segment. about the foosball and the stickball. <laughs> you know what, Andy? I'm more into sports than Andy is. Yeah. He's totally. the football. Uh, he's the uh, the MMA fighting dude. Yeah. Andy, this is so cool. Yeah, you should like set this up so you can periscope. Like, I don't know. Is it like supposed to be short videos? Are they supposed to be long videos? I don't really know. This just goes around, obviously, around the whole world. Yeah. Yeah, we should set this up from now on. UK. What time is it in the UK? Plus six? Probably five, eight thirty si- at five night? six hours away. Yeah. 8.30 at night? That's cool. Mm. On a Sunday. Mm. So Conor McGregor's tra- training in the UK? Or is he no, in no, Ireland? No, no, I think he's... I don't know where. I think he's more uh, more uh, Eastern. He's going more Eastern Europe. I think he's somewhere... I don't know if he's in Holland or where he is. Um but it's not an easy flight to get to the United States. No. I know that. I've done that, yeah. So, so yeah. Did you watch any of the card last night, the UFC card? Andy, we have a suggestion here. You need to advertise better so you can get more people to join. Actually, this is a, this is our first endeavor with this. I, I like this. Help us out, bud. Share us on Facebook. That's right. Yeah. 60, 60 Minute, minute Overtime over th- and yep. the Bro Down Podcast. That's right. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook, we're all over the place. Yeah, we're all over. YouTube, Twitter. Soon to be Periscope Kings and Queens here. This is really cool. Yeah. This is this is good. Did you watch any of the fights last night? No, I was actually prepping this last night, so I didn't oh. get to watch really any of it. Well, there's uh, there was a lot of good ones last night. Um, a lot of uh, just the, uh, the sol- solid fights last night. Um, nothing really too crazy except for the uh, Demetrius Johnson fight. Yeah, you're laughing at this me. is so funny. Yeah, <laughs> I'm um, videotaping him right now. We're live. You know on Periscope. Do you know who Demetrius Johnson is? No. All right. This is this is the. Do guy. you know who Jose Altuve is? Yeah. You do. No. All right, we're no even. Idea. Go ahead. Is, is he the best uh, baseball player of all time? I'm assuming he's a baseball guy because the name's. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I think I, I'm, I'm so distracted by this. No, I'm, I was just playing with you. So <laughs> there's my Jets hat. Go Jets, NFL draft. You're like super into this. This is really cool. Right now. We're getting live messages. Go ahead. No, I don't know who that guy okay. is. Okay. Well, I got the card right in front of me, so I'll go down the list real quick. All right. We had. Uh, uh, Yair Rodriguez. I'll go him first since he's the lowest card. Uh, okay. This is a kid who's shown like insane ability in the in uh, his fights in the UFC. Uh, almost comparable to like a mixture of John Jones and kind of uh, Anthony Pettis esque. He throws a lot of crazy kicks. He just finished uh, his fight last night with a head kick. Um, he has potential to be the next UFC uh, or you know a UFC champion in the, in the future. Um, and then we had uh, Edson Barbosa versus Anthony Pettis. These are two high, high-level strikers, and they went at it last night. Anthony Pettis is a former champion. Um, Edson Barbosa uh, and him are known for being super quick 
and uh, just having like incredible stand up. And Edson really shut down uh, Anthony Pettis's game. I think also too, Anthony's coming off a couple losses, and I don't know if his I don't know if he can get going in there. He looked pretty hesitant, and uh, you know Edson probably has the. Uh, what are you doing? Someone said boring. I'm telling them to shush and boring. be nice. Yeah. Beat it, nerds. We're talking about fights here. <laughs> um, what should we call it? Uh, yeah. So uh, Edson pretty much shut him down, you know, with leg kicks and everything like that. Anthony's leg, if you can, I don't know if you can pull it up online, his leg was black by the end of the fight. I'm kind of tied up with this periscope. Yeah, so he, yeah, he, <laughs> ended, up, he ended up getting the nod. Uh, Demetrius Johnson, uh, he finished uh, Henry Cejudo in the first round. Really just, you know, got him in the clinch, laid some knees into him. And Henry Cejudo is a gold medalist in freestyle wrestling uh, in the Olympics. And this kid just walks through everybody, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinions that know MMA. He's the the top pound-for-pound fighter. I mean, the kid's ability is limitless. And, uh, yeah, so they're having trouble finding guys to go against him because he's so good. And then you had uh, John Jones versus Ovin St. Preux. And uh, everyone was kind of counting Ovin's out of this uh you know, me and my buddy talked about it beforehand uh, on our podcast, saying that he had a way better shot than people were giving him uh, because of his unorthodox, <clears throat> unorthodox uh, striking style, and uh, just the fact that he was uh, he was NCAA uh, football player as well um, for five years. But um, yeah, cr- crazy good athlete. You know, gave John some trouble. You know, hit him. You know, rocked him a couple times. He ended up getting. Uh, you know, he, John ended up winning every round. It was John's first fight back in a year and a half, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, he, he did good. His stock definitely went up. I think he'll actually climb the rankings uh, from a loss uh, with John uh, because he went full five rounds with him. So, uh, yeah, now John's going to fight Daniel Cormier. Um, I don't know if at UFC 200, that's, that might be the fight that's replacing Connor versus uh, Nate Diaz, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, that was the UFC card last night. Hey, let's let's uh, shout out the the call in with number sign. Here we go. Yeah. Got something to say? Call the studio 201-825-1234. Well, that 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 solves it because I I've, I've been giving out the wrong phone number. Really? Yep. Wow. There it is. You should get Sorry on about that. that. 201 Eight two five one two three four, not six eight four one two three four. Sorry about that. Um, no wonder we haven't been getting any phone calls. Yeah, sorry. Well, well, now it's fixed. God. Hopefully, the phone will ring now. <laughs> oh, uh, here's the script, guys. We were talking uh, before Andy got here. I was talking NFL draft, big picture. Then we talked, or I talked before he got here. Wishes for the Jets. I got some uh, NFL stars and uh, draft day stories. We did a segment, or I did a segment on Prince and sports. Actually, he was really much, very much into sports. Um, Mets news and live update of the Mets. Yankees news, live update of the Yankees score. And uh, now we're on to the MFA. And, and M- M- MMA. Blah, blah. Not WCW. UFC. Andy showed me something on his yeah. phone that says, Breaking Conor McGregor, quote, I am not retired. This is probably a couple of days old, actually. That's not breaking news then. Yeah. Well, they, they just say that. But uh, all right, so we're gonna sign off here on Periscope, kind of wrap it up a little bit. Yeah. Andy, say goodbye. We're gonna we're gonna really get this going next week. Yeah. And uh, hey, goodbye for me from everywhere <laughs> in the world. This is cool. Um, and Donna, I know you're listening in North Carolina. Go, get on Periscope. Download the app. I, I, I 
think it's online. You can go to periscope.com. I'm going to have to get it. Yeah, we got to figure this out. Yeah. I'm going to have to tweet this out later. So follow me on Twitter, at Coach McCartan. Andy, you are? Andy's, what? There you go. I'm what? Where can they follow you? Oh, they can follow me on uh, Facebook at The Brodown Podcast or on YouTube at The Brodown Podcast. And Andy's trying to grow his hair outlook. Yeah, I'm dr- I've am I've been bald for 10 years. i got to do something different. <laughs> i got to switch it up. Yeah. Hey, Awesome Adam UK, he just joined our feed here. Awesome Adam, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's the question? Well, the NFL is doing the international series. Um, they're, they're trying to spread out. Is there a lot of UK uh, football fans in the UK? Uh, that's what I'm wondering. The, the, they have been playing. Ask um, Adam, why, why, what are you listening for today? Sports or, or are you listening for fighting? Which is basically you can hear a you. sport. So, um, yeah, I'm wondering what what is the the viewership like at, at yeah. in London? The the NFL is going now to Mexico. Yeah, because fighting. He said sports. 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 Okay. Adam, are you a football fan? And what, who is your team? If you are football, as in American football, not football. Football. <laughs> Soccer. Football. Who's your team, Adam? We have two people watching us oh right boy. now. Oh boy. UK, this is so cool. Two people in the UK. He said the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that's America's team, Adam. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're a little upset about that. I figured it would get, be uh, more into fighting. Fighting uh, fighting's huge in the UK. They got a lot of stars out of UK. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's typing. I'm sure he's typing. Uh, yeah, Dallas Cowboys. I bet you'd be Tony Romo fan. Not you a- missed it before, Adam. Follow me on, on Twitter. Oh, he lives in Rutherford, though. Oh, well, you missed it before. Live live. Um, I talked to uh, Sean Lissamore, who's from Dumont. You would know that now that you live in Rutherford, New Jersey. Um, he was drafted by the Cowboys, so I'll tweet out this whole uh, thing once it gets done and downloaded, and you can listen to his draft day story for from the mm. Dallas Cowboys. He talked to Jerry Jones on the phone, and uh, there's a little glitch. Sarah is B joined. We got three people watching us. Oh, I got to give a shout out to my buddy uh, Maurice Johnson. He uh, trains and teaches up at uh, Top Control out of uh, Sparta. They joined with the Miller brothers. He just took. Uh, Gold and silver in uh, Naga for his weight class. So shout out to him for for getting that. He usually pulls a medal. He's pretty good. He, I think he competes in the blue belt division. Yeah, so he was pretty happy about that. And we just got Gotham City crew. They are um, Batman. No, they're cool. They're they're a group that does a lot with the, the Jets. See my Jets hat. Okay. I show you my Jets shorts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone just asked me, "Are you an Italian teacher?" Uh oh. Someone knows who I am. Oh, boy. I am, yes. AC Mania, who are you? Oh, boy. You're Uh-oh. in trouble. One of your students is watching right now. I'm sure. This AC, 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 AC. Think of the uh, first and last name there. Albert Calderon? Don't say his name. I don't know. I have a student <laughs> that name. <laughs> I, oh, I just saw it on your profile. All right, good. Whew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so hi, Gotham City crew. They are working on a very cool event. Uh, this Thursday night, I believe, it's at MetLife Stadium. They got uh, a big tailgate going on in the parking lot for the season ticket holders of the New York Jets. Those, uh, and then there's having like a whole draft day party. And uh, Gotham City crew, they will be there. Oh. Yeah, so that's cool. I, I, I would love to go. If you guys can get me in there, I would love to go to that. Um, but Get her in. I know, but I have a, uh, I, see, I coach softball, too, and we have a game that night. <sighs> Depends on what time it is. AC AC Milan, maybe? I was wondering why I followed you, and then I checked your profile, and I knew the reason. Oh, Gotham City crew said, inbox us. I will. I will inbox you. I just need to know timing-wise. Andy, yeah. this is the coolest thing. I yeah. love Periscope. We have to set up a little mount up there and get a little I know. we got to get – uh, oh, she's learn- he or she is learning Italian. Well, ciao, come stai, OG? 
Yeah, totally. There you go. I can't get us both, and I can't read it sideways. Ah, we got to get okay. a better setup with this. Yeah, we'll we'll get it up. Uh, see if you can put it on your laptop so you can periscope off your laptop, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to arrange some of these speakers. That's another thing here. too. I'm gonna be doing live feeds on the podcast now. I got uh, my buddy, awesome shout out to my buddy Ron from Cl- uh, Clutch Decals. He uh, he gave me a laptop so we can start uh, streaming live. Really? Yeah, in the new studio. So uh, is it portable? Can you bring it here? Uh, the laptop? I yeah, yeah. I can bring it here. Uh, I don't. Um, we'd have to. Yeah, well, I could probably set it up here. Yeah. Um, I, uh, we'd have to figure out a way to plug it into the microphones here, or unless you want to just loop it. But the thing is, is since it's a live feed, you'd almost need like the the, the higher quality audio mm. or two microphones, whatever the case may be. But hey, we are on here. Our our phone lines are still idle. Come on, someone talk to us. I like this texting thing better. That way we can just talk. One two three yeah. four is our phone number. Hey, Gotham City crew, call up. I want to hear what you guys want from the Jets out of this draft day. Um, if you missed it earlier, my pick for the Jets is. Uh, my pick for the Jets is Darren Lee, linebacker out of Ohio State, because he ran a 4.47 40-yard dash as fast as Ezekiel Elliott, top-rated running back. So that's who I want to see. The Jets pick, Darren Lee. Okay? So anybody want to call up Jets, Giants, Mets, Yankees? And we'll be on per probably about another 10 minutes or so. Yeah. All right. got to do this in the beginning. Yeah, I just you know as you were talking, I was setting everything up before, and as you were talking, you should I was just like, like hey. leave this propped up on you or, or or something so they can see. They they can just keep typing in. It's just somewhere where you can see it. Mm-hmm. I'm going back and forth between you yeah. and me. I'm okay. flipping it back and forth. All right. Yeah. As long as you can see what they're what they're typing in, that's good. Oh, people don't understand the topic. Well, right. call up anything you want to talk about: Yankees, Mets, yeah. Giants, Jets. I'm not going to know anything about anything. NFL so. draft, MMA. Is this guy right here? Yeah, UFC. Yeah. Anything you guys want. I just got Sports some new related. wrestling mats today. Oh, I saw you. Uh, oh, the number. The number is 201-825. Let's focus this. 201-825-1234. Just remember, Uno, it's due live due on the radio, three, so quatro, keep yeah. it casual. Keep it clean. We are live on 90.3 FM, WRPR Mawa. 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 Working on that. All right, we're, we're digressing a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm a little... um. You're excited. You're yeah, excited. I'm excited. This is cool. It's like Christmas for you. All right. I think they might be calling in in a minute. Oh, so can you give me a quick story? Can Another I give card, you a real quick. Quick story from the card. Um, well, John Jones gave Daniel Cormier a nice uh, farewell when he left the cage. He, gave him, he flipped him the bird, <laughs> and Daniel was actually uh, commentating on his fight. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a good rematch. And next week, let me look up the card uh, for next week uh, before this kid calls in. Yeah, yeah, periscope some Italian topics next time. All right, maybe we can we can end with an Italian lesson, Italian word of the day. What's the Italian word of the day? Uh, let's see. Today's Italian word of the day is uh, fa bel tempo. Fa bel tempo. It's beautiful weather. Fa bel tempo. <laughs> All right. There you go. Next week's card. Is going to be pretty crazy for the main event. It's got Alistair Overeem versus Andre Arlovsky. Um, who knows what's going to happen with that one? Are they both been on a tear? Uh, I think Alistair has better striking, but they both have heavy heavy hands. I'd like to see both of these guys get a title shot, just because they're at kind of the end of their career, um, and a loss could really set them both back. But I, I'd probably rather see Alistair win because if he wins a UFC title, it probably make him 
the most decorated martial artist of all time, I guess on paper. Um, but uh, and then we also have. Hey, we're getting a call. Oh, we're getting a call. Let's take it. It's ringing in. Does everybody see that? Ringing in. Hi, you're on sixty minute overtime. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Do you have to turn them up? Oh yes, I do. I'm very sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Claudio from Queens, New York, Gotham City Crew. Oh, Claudio, parli italiano, Claudio. No, Uruguayo. Well, that's that's Sicilian dialect, is it? <laughs> no, it's from Uruguay. My family. Oh, Uruguay. <laughs> What's up, bud? So, not much. Just calling up, um, checking out on Periscope, and then um, I guess looking forward to the draft. Um, I know you guys say they were doing tailgating G16 for anybody and everybody just stopped by and not headed into the stadium. But I think looking specifically at the draft, I'm a Michigan State graduate and I was actually at the Michigan State Alabama Cotton Bowl in Dallas mm-hmm. where Alabama just totally demoralized my school 38 nothing. But Whoa. I'm a big I'm a big fan of Reggie Ragland. I mean, he's like linebacker. He just he took it to Michigan State, just did whatever he wanted, but just from what the, the Jets, what they would do to fill up that hole, I think he'd definitely do some damage and shore up our line tremendously. Yeah, I mean, you said linebacker, I said linebacker. Um, I think, yeah. what do you think about the Jets and the quarterback? I believe that they should stay firmly and far away from any quarterback in this draft. What do you think? I think the, especially the first two rounds, definitely stay away from it because we do have the ongoing conversations with Fitz and essentially the powers and the Jets where they don't have to do anything, even running to a training camp. But, I mean, they have any that they can kind of groom and mm-hmm. if they need to push ahead. And, I mean, last but not least, they still have Geno under contract. I mm-hmm. mean, the weapons for Fitz were tremendous. I mean, you look at our one-two punch, Decker, Marshall. now we got Powell and Marshall. I mean, you look at just conglomerately together – they're a beast, but I mean, if they need to, possibly fourth or fifth round. I'm a little biased towards Connor Cook, mm. because obviously for specific reasons. Mm-hmm. So I mean, for what I saw him do in the Rose Bowl and kind of throughout the year, that it's always been special. Well, he didn't get voted as a leader, but I mean, they had about four or five leaders that were consistent driving, but not to the late rounds for QB. We have too many, too many O line holes. We got to shore up. Yep. Start thinking yep. about man goals. Man I mean, I think the Jets have a, a very stout and very stellar defensive line, as you, you know. You, and yeah. I think Sheldon Richardson being back, I, I people are, are, are the people that are saying that Muhammad Wilkerson should be on his way out, are, are I think are, are nuts. I think you need no to way. figure out a way to keep him. I mean, come on, that's a big hold you'd have to refill on the defensive line. Yeah. He's, he's something else, and you never he's like those star players. He's once in a lifetime players. He's in the conversations with the LeBron. He's, 
there with the Jordans. Yeah. He's in there with the John Stockton. He's he's the mainstay guy that you don't have to worry about. Right. You know, he was he was um the Brickashaw essentially, where you don't have to think about him, but you're like, oh yeah, you've been there for a while. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's what we're definitely um that's what I'm hoping for. And like I said, shoot me an inbox and um, regarding Thursday. Okay. And then um we'll see what we'll do. Uh, we'll some of the just um Great. This is awesome. This is our first time on Periscope, and we will soon be back. We're, we're live every Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. here, Andy and I. Oh, nice. So. Well, Periscope live from the draft, so that's your that's your enticement to go. Yeah, okay, great. You know, I, we'll talk. We'll talk off air. Cause yeah, I, I coached, off air. yeah, I will. Okay, I'll send you an inbox. Thanks for calling in, bud. Hey, Claudio, thank you very right, much. Folks, you guys have a blessed Sunday, and um, let's go Jets. Yeah, you let's too, go brother. Jets. Right, bye. Yeah, for sure. So cool. I love this Periscope yeah. thing. All right. So let's sign off from Periscope, Andy. Let's. Uh, can you get in here with me? Can we turn sideways? There we go. Okay, Periscope, we are signing off. We are We're going to figure out how to how to really get this going week after week. Um, we're live from 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. every Sunday. This is, if you want to check out some back episodes, you just type in hashtag 60-M-I-N-O-T, as I do it with my finger here. Um we're full episodes are on SoundCloud. Some actually we videoed on are on YouTube too. Um, we have some great guests on here, so hope to see you guys who are listening right now uh, next Sunday. And this is very interactive. This is really cool. Okay, so see you later, guys. Ciao, on Periscope. For anyone anyway, Periscope. Okay, and we're about to do a little bit here. How do I how do I stop this feed now? You can't. Oh no! Stop broadcast. Okay. Good. Ended now. We had 15 total viewers, Andy. I gotta, I gotta tell you something that I, uh, I was just, I didn't know about until mm-hmm. I watched a podcast with uh, Joe Rogan. Apparently, during UFC fights, and you, you give me your opinion on this, uh, during UFC fights that are on Fox, only on Fox. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm just trying to title this so I don't like lose this. No, no, no. Sorry, I'll, wait till you, I'll wait till you're done. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so. When you, UFC has a, a couple different ways they show the fights. Show them on pay per view. They show them on Fox Sports One. They show them on um, online for people that have UFC Fight Pass or on the TV. I think you can get it on Fight Pass too. But uh, the other shows are on Fox. They do like a, a couple Fox shows a year. It's basically free for everybody that has you know I guess basic cable. Um, the one thing what they do on Fox is that I guess they have uh, stringent you know. Viewer, you know, I don't know what the viewership or the what do you call the people that Regulations. Monitor, monitor it. The uh, regulators. Yeah. So when there's blood on the canvas from the yeah. previous fights, uh-huh. you know what they do? They blur they it out. Spray paint it. White. They spray paint in between fights on the mat, and he was saying that when they're spray painting it, it's so bad that like the, everyone near the cage, like the camera guys and everything, mm-hmm. have to like cover their faces, but. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's got to be illegal. 
I, I mean, the, the fighters are going to be breathing that stuff in when oh, they're yeah. fighting, and uh-huh. they're going to be laying in it. Uh-huh. You know, I think, and I don't, I don't. It's it's not like you, you know, you're not watching two guys, you know, beating the hell out of each other anyway. I don't know why the blood thing is always freaks people out, Man, but that was very concerning to me that they that they spray paint the blood splats on the uh, on the canvas. I know they try to wipe them up, but. You know, spray paint. I think that's a little out of control. Yeah, I know. In, in hockey, with, when there's blood on the on the ice, they they kind of skate it, skate it, skate it, and they spread it out that way. But yeah, and I can understand. You know, I can understand. Uh, I think what is the rule in hockey that you can't be on the ice if you're bleeding? Uh, yes, you have to get cleaned up. Yeah, which you know, whatever. That I. I... You know, Andy, I was going to ask you about that. I was thinking about this one day. These guys are bleeding blood all over the place, but they're still allowed to fight. Bleeding blood. Yeah. Why? How? Isn't isn't that dangerous? That's more no. dangerous than. Uh, no, you can you can lose a lot of blood before you start getting. But if you're bleeding, I don't want to touch you because I don't want HIV or whatever you get they, from you that. You get oh, the UFC dr- uh, blood tests you everything every uh, through your camp and when before right before you go to fight. You, everything has to be checked out, doctor everything. You're not allowed to fight otherwise. So the person you're going against has a clean bill of health mm. uh, when you go in there. Some guys, you know, there has been a couple of wars where, you know, the blood is, it's it's kind of crazy because some guys use it to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Like if a guy, I've seen guys when they're cutting the forehead, if they're on a top mount, they'll actually put the cut right Ew. over the guy's eyes so the blood goes in their eyes. Mm. But you got to do what you got to do to win. Um, I've actually seen guys have been cut so bad that they'll actually put their hand on it to hold the blood in. So that they don't lose too much, so they don't start getting tired. Yeah, I don't know if that works, but I've seen it happen. Um, Yuck. Yeah, it mostly most of the cuts. I mean, you get cuts come coming from from punches sometimes, but most of the cuts come from elbows, um, just because it's bone on bone mm-hmm. and there's no padding. But uh, yeah, there's there's some nasty cuts sometimes, but it's part of the sport. All right. So anything for the good of the order over there, Andy? The good of the order. It's about, uh, I'm going home for dinner tonight, so we kind of have to. Oh, yeah. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Uh, yeah, next week is just the uh, Overeem versus uh, uh, Andre Arlovsky. And uh, one of these days you're going to have to watch a UFC event or I'll have to watch one where you'd explain to you what's going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you you kind of get a, a better understanding of what uh, what they're doing in there. Most people don't don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Someone just asked me, WTF are the Yankees doing? Oh boy. The Yankees are losing seven to one. I don't know what they're doing. I'm not I'm not watching. But this is uh Oh my god, this is bad. Seven to one in the sixth. Yo. Okay, so uh yeah, so we are signing off. Soon to be taking over the Periscope universe. We gotta work that out. You anyway. I'm super excited. For I'm so excited. Next week, we're going to have full draft special. We would love to take some more phone calls about once the draft has wrapped up, you know, who went where and are you happy with it or not. Oh, the draft is this week, next week? Yeah, it's this week coming up. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So, uh, hopefully we get some more phone calls now that we're on Periscope. Uh, and uh, and that's it, really. We'll wrap it up. Uh, this is a 60-minute overtime. Hashtag 60-M-I-N-O-T. If you're looking for any back episodes or anything other content that we have put out there, hope you guys enjoyed the the intermittent draft day stories. I, I, that was a cool little piece to today. Yeah, the Periscope thing worked out good. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to leave you guys. Uh, we'll leave you with one more draft day story. This is from. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, say we're going to post this video or the video, the audio on uh, our Facebook and YouTube pages after we're done here. So if you guys missed it or want to hear the full uh, radio show, just check us out there on. Uh, 
either 60 minute overtime on YouTube on, and Twitter yeah. and uh, or coach McCartan or coach McCartan. Yeah. Coach yeah. McCartan on YouTube and Twitter, or the bro down, po- <coughs> the bro down podcast on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Yeah. And it's McCartan M C C A R T A N. Okay. So, um, this is cool. Okay, so uh, last one we're going to leave you with is a Rob Carpenter. He was a f- selected in the fourth round of the 1991 draft. He's a, he was a Jet. That's how I made the connection here. Um, but he was actually chosen by the Cincinnati Bengals. So we will wrap it up with him. And then uh, we'll see you guys next week. Pache. That's peace. See you guys later. Bye. Pache? Pache. What was that? Goodbye. You were drafted Italian. in 1991 peace. by the Bengals. What was your draft experience like? The way it is now is totally different. The, the first round okay, so just in one day back then the draft 45 seconds I'll hit the end thing uh, and time permitted I guess for that day end for credit. the league and for the venue so there was more than one round going on the first day of the draft so, that, so cool. but for me it really that was so cool. like I had a party or anything like that, that. I actually yeah. still was at school I didn't go home and sit with all of my family anything like that did I know my family and everybody was watching that day yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for me the first round didn't happen but it was the coolest thing was the fact that I was still sitting sitting up with my girlfriend at that point in time when the phone rang. Sam Weiss was on the phone saying, mm-hmm. welcome to Cincinnati. So I'd say that was probably the coolest part about it, that I did get drafted on the first day. And when the phone rang, it was actually Sam Weiss that picked up, that was actually calling. Follow me on Twitter, at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. To find my work on YouTube and SoundCloud, search, with no spaces, Coach McCartan. Subscribe yourself so you don't have trouble finding it in the future. That's it for today, everybody. Listen live next Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m.